Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of ActorCast. Thank you so much for being here, tuning in to the podcast that broadcasts the advice, insight, and work of entertainment industry experts. We have a great guest joining you on the show today. She is wonderful. Her name is Ran Xia, and Ran is an interdisciplinary theater artist from Shanghai, China. She is a playwright, director, sound designer. She's a resident director at The Tank, where she received the inaugural Artist of the Year Award, and her works have been developed by Pipeline, IRT, Here, Dixon Place, The Brick, The Wild Project, The Tank, as well as many other venues across New York City. She really has this interdisciplinary approach to the theater arts that I think is so crucially important to all of you tuning in today. I think it's important to have this perspective of juggling a variety of different roles or at least exposing yourself to different roles within the industry. We discuss her roles within the theater industry. We talk about how her process as a playwright informs her job as a director and vice versa. Ran also discusses the benefits of wearing multiple hats as a theater artist and what she has learned in her experience juggling multiple roles. If you like this episode, head over to ActorCast.fm, leave us a review. I would really appreciate to hear your thoughts. And if you are thinking about dabbling in another area within the theater industry, or if you know of a friend who's thinking the same, please share this episode with them. Ran gives some great insight into that world. So without further ado, let me please introduce today's guest of ActorCast, Ran Xia. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the ActorCast. Today, our guest is Ran Cha. Ran, thank you so much for being with us on the show today. Thank you for having me. I'm very happy to have you here. When I first found out about you and all the amazing work that you're doing, I was I was really uh, amazed at how many different balls you juggle within the, the theater world. You work as a playwright, a director, a sound designer. You've also done graphic design work as well. You've done a wide variety of different things. And for today's episode, we'll primarily focus on your work as a playwright and director. But I I really wanted to have you on the show because I think that when a theater artist is going into the theater industry, into this world, they often feel like they need to have a primary focus. And I think there is some value in that. But I think there's also a lot of value in kind of having this interdisciplinary approach. So I'm very excited to dive into your specific experience with all that. So when I first came to the States, I actually started out studying psychology 
at Fairleigh Springs University, um, followed by going to grad school to study media studies and professional communication. So my background has always been more in the psychology and literary aspects. I grew up playing the piano, and so I'm a classically trained pianist, uh, which kind of goes into why I have a sustained interest in music and sound designing, um, and that kind of being trained in that aspect informed a lot of my creative decisions and creative inspirations. So I think a lot of the things that I end up doing, or I can't assume for anybody else, but I think a lot of times different interests that we have become informative to one another and it could be a beneficial process to not only focus on one one subject as opposed to allowing them to share resources in a way. I also came into the world of directing accidentally. Oh, how so? Growing up, I've directed at school um, with fellow students just for fun. And when I first started becoming a playwright after going to school, I realized that I had specific visions for staging the plays that I write. So I tried my hands on directing and just going to a bunch of classes and taking courses to get myself a little bit more informed and trained in that side of the world. Um, and I realized I really enjoy it. So I think the rest of the rest is history. And now I sort of realized that I wanted to do both. Yeah. Well, well, I think what, what's amazing about that is exactly what you were saying, that the work in a lot of ways informs one another in, in uh, so much of a variety of different ways. And so was it really just a matter of throughout your career, just like kind of picking up different roles as time went on? I guess my question would be like, what led you to become interested in so many different roles within the industry? There is a practical answer to that. And then there is also more of a personal identity, philosophical answer to that. I'm going to give you both uh, in order of its level of interestingness. <laughs> even so I am on a O-1 visa, which is also known as, as an artist visa or known as a genius visa. I have the same visa as Melania Trump, Justin Bieber, <laughs> and John Lennon. Uh, oh, there ago. you go. <laughs> so uh, so it, it, that visa comes with a lot of restrictions, uh, including and not limited to the fact that I am not allowed to just take on any odd jobs I want to make an income. Because, you know, our industry doesn't necessarily always pay enough to make a living and or live well. So I 
I think I've just had to pick up different gigs and tasks and gain skills so that there could be more sources of income for me. So I think a lot of the design work that could be separate from more of a bigger creative project was a result of a need for that, if that makes any sense. The more philosophical answer is I do feel a, like I feel drawn to the world of audio engineering and sound design. It makes sense to me, the combination of music and mathematics and figuring out what sound drive together. And every time I design a piece for another artist, another collaborator, I learn things from that process that will be useful for myself as well. And I've always been interested in gaining more skills as they become necessary. There is always so much to learn. And I think knowing what type of tree you are is great. Sorry, metaphor time. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I think we all can be like, growing into a big tree but you need all of those side branches to make sure it's balanced like you can't have too many side branches because then it kind of absorbs all of the nutrients but you also have to cultivate a balanced shape of who you are as a human being or as an artist So I think I'm trying to find the balance between having a few branches out to have a solid foundation and a uh, sound structure without becoming too um, top-heavy and confused about who I'm trying to become. Right. That that resonates with me a lot because... In in my work, though I'm primarily an actor, writer, I've done a lot of like technical theater work as well, scenic carpentry, lighting stuff. And I, I feel like that's given me a whole deeper appreciation for the entire production process. And it's a lot of what you were saying is, is figuring out, okay, how to find balance within this tree, that this artistic tree that we're becoming. And I would love to hear about how your process as, for example, a playwright, how, how that affects your, your work as a director, and then how your process as, as a director affects your work as a playwright. How do those two different roles talk to each other? That's a great question. I think as a playwright, I think a lot about who the characters are and how they, like, who they are in relation to each other, as well as who they are in relation to me. I spend a lot of time allowing the characters in my own play to live in my head for quite a long time before I even start to write it. So I think having that practice, having that internal practice, could sometimes be helpful when I... Whenever I take a play by another playwright and I'm able to 
gain that insight as a fellow writer to think about like how that process might have been for the author to generate these characters and how they might interact with each other also in a psychological kind of way <laughs> thank you education um and then on the other side i think being a director and having an idea of what the design element might be or what the staging might look like for a certain play that I'm writing. The, the play gets more structural or like architectural in my head and I can place them virtually. Not in the sense that we're doing Zoom theater virtually, but like virtually in my imagination and how who they are. And I think somebody told me that directing is 90% casting. Um, So that that is another aspect that's helpful for playwriting as well, because sometimes I cast a play even before I wrote the scene. And then I can hear the voices of real people who I actually know in those scenes. And that's usually infinitely helpful. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm always fascinated in how these different roles talk to each other and, you know, both roles in the, the production, but then also roles in the play as well and how, how those come to life over time and, and how they build and, and get created and and really develop over time. I, I know that you were also saying that you've had a lot of experience as a sound designer, a lot of that from what it came to uh, like what you were saying almost like it was a need uh, that you were able to fulfill in the marketplace and what's that experience been like as a designer to fill the world of these plays and and have you ever sound designed a show that you've also written or directed I have sort of designed the sound aspect of, I would say the majority of them because I just kind of some, and I, I get particular about what I want the auditory experience to be for the show that I create. So most of the time so far, I've had a hand in the sound design aspects for the show. I enjoy quite a lot collaborating with live musicians as well as composers. Uh, so I can't claim full credits for all of the uh, all of the final products of that auditory experience, but I think I could say that I I have had an expectation of what what that show might sound like before I know exactly what it might look like, if, if that makes any sense at all. Yeah, that's very interesting. Do you pick up on these sounds when, I guess, as you're reading the script, or have there been moments where you've thought about you want a specific sound design before the script is even written, even if, that, like, if it's like a show that you are working on as the playwright? Yes, absolutely. A lot of times, music and sound becomes the prompt uh, prompt for me to write a scene. 
usually I would start from. So I have a Spotify playlist for every single play I've written, as well as directed. Maybe not like a ten-minute short play, but if it's full length, I'm gonna create a Spotify playlist just for inspirations. And then I usually I'm listening to music all day long, and sometimes if something that I heard has some kind of relation to a play I'm working on, I will put it in the playlist. And then when I'm writing it or when I'm reading the script to analyze or taking notes on how I want to stage it. I'll put the playlist on, just to subconsciously let it make th- certain things happen in my brain. Wow, that's really cool. I, I, it's what what I love about that is that it, it's activating all the senses in a lot of ways, and in, in this this situation, it, it's really you know kind of listening to what this world of the play is, what this world of the play is going to become as well. And so it's fascinating to hear just your approach in all of these different roles. We have a lot of different entertainment professionals who tune into the actor cast. A lot of them are actors, but we also have some writers and and directors who tune in as well. And so I'm wondering if you could share with us, just based on your own experience, what do you believe are some of the benefits that come with wearing multiple hats as a theater artist? I think for me, at least, having had experience in different areas in theater gains me an appreciation for each collaborators that I encounter. And being a director, you kind of have to be able to speak a thousand different languages and communicate your idea to every actor as well as every designer so that everybody can be on the same page and you're all achieving the same goal towards the same direction. If you only know how to do one thing, it sort of, a lot of the ideas tend to get lost in translation. Translation, like, not in terms of different languages, but you know, if you don't know any of the technical terms, or like I should put it in the opposite way. If you do know some of the technical aspects of making a show happen, it becomes easier. Like the efficiency would be better. So I think that's my experience. I wouldn't recommend any like I would I wouldn't want to I still prefer to have a main branch. I don't ever want to market myself separately as I'm a writer, I'm a director, I'm a sound designer, a composer, because I think you only, you just only have so much time in a day. And I think I would rather focus on the main thing I'm trying to pursue. Um, I do think our industry tend to separate playwriting and directing because somehow we've been told that those are two completely different processes. But I think 
in film, that is not the case. A lot of right. film directors are their own screenwriters, and I think, yeah, and I think, wasn't wasn't theater in Shakespeare's time also directed by the playwrights themselves? I'm not sure. I know. I th- I think that's right. I think that's right. I think that directors. I don't think really came around much until maybe the late 19th century. I think I would have to, I would have to fact check that, but you're right. You're right that for, for a while, I do believe it was actually, it was either the, the playwrights would direct or maybe the actors would direct themselves or both. But, but yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. I think it's really nice. Uh, I love working with a director on my play. I think, uh, they will have, they wouldn't have the blind spots that I might have for my own piece, and I like the collaborative process. But I think it's not either or. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of times we feel a little guilted by wanting to be both or wanting to do two different things but i don't want to feel guilty about it no yeah you definitely shouldn't yeah because i do think i I know what i'm doing when i'm wearing both the playwright and director hat because then it becomes a helmet it's not a hat it's just a different thing yeah yeah, well, I, I think you bring up a really good point about how it doesn't have to be either or. You don't have to be a playwright or a director. You could be a playwright and a director. And I, I and I think, too, that like in your work, it offers a, a strong perspective in some ways, having a playwright also direct that same show or having a director be the playwright of the show that they're directing. I'm wondering with kind of everything that we've talked about in this discussion, what would you say you've learned about yourself as a director from playwriting? And what have you learned about yourself as a playwright from directing? I think I realized that I really enjoy embracing the architecture of the space where I stage the play. And that might be a mutually influential thing because I I started, I entered the career of directing through taking a site-specific directing workshop course with Daniel Talbot. And I really enjoyed finding stories and finding locations where narratives or drama can happen in places that are not just a black box or proscenium. So I think that, I think that's a director influencing playwriting thing, but also a playwriting influencing directing thing, because as a playwright, you're not really thinking about writing a play for the you're not necessarily just thinking about writing a play for a square space. You're starting from a narrative and your characters can be wherever they want. They can be in deep space or floating in water and it does not matter. But then like 
as a director, when I'm walking around the city, uh, if I see an interesting looking garden or if I see an attic, I think I can see narratives happening in there and then that will inspire my writings. I am working on a piece that partially happen, happens in a moving train. Oh, wow. Because of my own cross-country train trip a couple years ago. 2020. So I guess 2020 was last year. That felt like a couple years ago. <laughs> right, right. This past year is like, what? what's happened? You know? <laughs> That's really cool, though. So you're you're thinking of directing a show that is on a moving train. I'm not directing it. I'm writing a play as a commission piece for Vanderbilt University um, for the students this fall. So it's a one act that I'm currently working on. And part of it happens in a moving train. Oh, wow. That's cool. That, that's exciting. Well, I, I, I think I, I really love what you're saying, too, about talking about the space in which the show is performed and and how, you know, a playwright has that on paper, but then the director kind of brings it into a physical space and how those two processes talk to one another. Uh, yeah. it's, it's fascinating. I think the writer in me is more cerebral when, you know, you write dialogues and then you kind of elaborate on certain subjects between the characters. But the director in me can get more textile than that. And so, you know, you don't, I don't end up writing a play with just two people talking the whole time and then taking into account the ambiance and the architecture of the space. And a lot of the storytelling comes from the design as well as where, where the conversation takes place as well. Right. Ran, I, I cannot thank you enough for taking the time to join us on the actor cast today. It's It has really been fascinating to hear your perspective as a theater artist, just juggling many different roles as a playwright, as a director, as a sound designer. I know you do a lot of other things as well. And I, I think that our, our listeners tuning in have learned a lot about the value in diversifying the, the roles that you are performing in the theater, the value that comes with not just focusing on one job, but experimenting and perhaps creating careers in other ones as well. So thank you so much for joining us. And for, for our listeners tuning in, I'm wondering if you could just share with them where they could find out more information about you and all the amazing work that you're doing. Thank you as well for having me. My website includes the majority of my past and current works. And you can find more information about myself and my work at info. That's just my name, .info. Perfect. Sounds good. Well, I will make sure to include that link for our listeners in the show notes. So all they have to do is scroll down in the show notes and click that link. You'll be able to find all the great work that Ran is up to. Ran, I have one last question for you before we part ways today. I'm just wondering if you could share with our listeners if you have any parting words of advice for them. Making theater is like baking, you have to select ingredients and experiment with 
the proportions and flavors, but then you kind of mixed a thing and shoving the oven and wait for a while and then magic happens before without you noticing it that's that's being an observation and hopefully some kind of encouragement Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of ActorCast. You can head to ActorCast.fm and leave us a review to let us know what you thought of this episode. If you haven't already done so, sign up for our newsletter to get the latest and greatest information on upcoming guests, showcases, and much more. You can also become a member of ActorCast by going to ActorCast.fm and clicking the membership tab. As a member of ActorCast, you'll gain access to exclusive content, including bonus episodes, access to our private online community, and live sessions with yours truly. I look forward to catching you all in the next episode, and you know what time it is. It's time to go out and create.